Welcome to the Real Talk for Real Men podcast. Lifestyle advice for men so powerful, you'll want to run your life on it. And now your hosts, Guy Mullen and Chris Field. Okay, men, welcome back to another episode of Real Talk for Real Men. I'm Guy Mullen, and I've got Chris Field with me again. Hi, everybody. Great to be back with you again. And we have... Hang on. Do I hear some music playing? <laughs> okay, let's just play this music. Okay, so those of you who have been listening to our show would have recognised that we've got a returning guest. We've got Pete Brocklehurst back with us. Welcome, Pete. Hello, Ian. You know, we so enjoyed the catching up with Peter the last time getting his story that we really felt that you guys needed to hear more from Peter, so that's why we've come back to kind of uh, pick up on a whole new subject with him. So, Peter, thanks for being available. No, it's my pleasure. It seems like only five minutes ago I was here with you a bit last time. Now, we're just going to pick up with the question of... You struggling, and for those that haven't caught up with this, you want to maybe summarise what we learned last time? Well, yeah, I, I recommend that you go back and listen to our earlier podcast, so 24. Uh, I'll, I'll put it on the website as to which one it is, but it's around about 24. And then that Pete gave us a, a pretty extensive background and what you can do in 25 minutes of his, of his journey so far. Pete has uh, had a pretty troubled childhood in a lot of ways, moved around and suffered some pretty horrific abuse, but he had a gift. He could sing. And he loved music and he developed that gift, but it took him on a journey of chasing something that he thought was going to satisfy, but it didn't really satisfy. And that's when the Lord stepped in, brought a fantastic woman into his life, and now he is here. We're above his shop. He serves the community, fixing shoes, selling shoes, occasionally sings, but not not in concerts or anything, but just to bless others. And he's also got the passion of sharing Jesus with those around him for and sharing what he's done what in his life. So Pete, how's that for even a thirty it, it, second summary? It, it works. If you don't if you know what to know about Jesus, don't come and see me. <laughs> yeah. So let me pick up our direction for this interview because what I realized is uh, Peter now out of his shop is witnessing and connecting with people, connecting them to, to Jesus all the time. But he often gets the weird and the wonderful. And what's exciting about Peter is because of the breadth of his own experience and the horrors, difficulties, challenges, deep water he's been through, God has given Peter a really wonderful heart for people wherever they're at, no matter how deep, if I may put it this way, how deep in the poo they really are or how messed up their situation is. So Peter, I want you to talk to us about this Jesus who you introduced to other people. Can I also say, just before I do that, that only last night I addressed the Lord on an issue the, the very thing you just mentioned, I actually do find it hard sometimes to talk to people about Jesus. One of my problems is that I find some people irritating, and this is me being human, and I can't show the love that Jesus wants me to show to everybody. So I have to pray and say, Lord, can you help me with that? Because, you know, I, I'm the kid on the back block. Sometimes I just 
crack it and I get irritable with people. So it's a learning process well, for me. We too. also don't need to do it all. We've got That's our exactly own piece. That's exactly where we're I was part, coming we're from. We're part of a body, yep. right? We don't yep. have to do it yep. all. We've got our own little yep. piece. And that's exactly where I was coming from. So please don't don't get uh, um, any false beliefs that I have all the answers or that I'm... Uh, my one of my favourite hymns is I Saw Jesus in You. And I pray that one day people can say they saw Jesus. I have a struggle with it. You know, it's a little bit of a connection from my past. I'm a little bit of a wild boy, but I do love the Lord and um, and I do love people and I'm learning to love them more. So people come to you that other Christians reject and you can connect with them. Why? Probably because most Christian churches around today are just there to put bums on seats. Now, that's a very big call. But from my experience, a lot of them really don't want to get involved. And this has probably been the poison that has turned more people away from Christianity than anything else real Christian, a person that loves the Lord, that has the Lord in their heart, will tend to answer and be there for people a little more readily. I, I haven't seen a lot of evidence of that around. There's some, but not a lot. Do you think, too, maybe our Christian churches are raising a kind of a stereotypical Christian when the world needs Christians that can meet people in lots of different places and different ways to the traditional familiar way of meeting with people and introducing Jesus. Absolutely, I think, and I also think that uh, that that there are too many people that are caught up in the uh, in um, looking like a Christian rather than being like Jesus. Does that make sense? If I'm a Christian, I go to church, I do this, and as soon as the, the poo hits the fan and somebody comes along with a real problem, they go, oh, I don't know about that, I'm just a Christian. Well, what happens if someone comes into your church, into your church, into your shop, sees your Christian material and reacts and wants to get out of there. How do you cope with that? <clears throat> okay, um, love. Like I said before, my, one of my favourite hymns is I Saw Jesus in You. So what I've tried to do, the Jesus that I've seen, and in answer to your question, uh, the Jesus that I know um, is a Jesus that has his hands extended out, a Jesus that loves, a Jesus that um, embraces, a Jesus that doesn't look at our faults. Um, you know, he said in John 8, 15, I think it was, where he said, I didn't come to judge. And a lot of people get mixed up with that verse. Yeah, he did, ultimately, but uh, he doesn't judge people on their outward appearance. On We're all sinners, and we all do. Jesus loves everybody. He wants you to come to him with your problems. And this is the Jesus that I know, the Jesus that doesn't tolerate sin, don't get me wrong, but he knows who we are. And like you, you know. So, so Jesus expressed that to Zacchaeus by yes, going up to the yeah. tree and saying, hey, come on down. Yeah. How do you express it practically in your shop? Um, Give us some examples. How, you want some examples yeah, of what happens? Okay, uh, I had a, a couple walk into the shop a little while ago. Uh, they were uh, lesbians. A couple of gay ladies, if that's the correct, politically correct term. Um, although what is politically correct today? Walked into my shop, um, saw the Christian literature, recoiled, and were taking a U-turn and off they were going. And I said, oi! Because we, we, we don't, we, there's no pretense in our shop. If you meet my wife, you'll know what I mean. She's uh, straight out, very candid. Uh, I said, where are you going? And she said, um, we're leaving. And I said, you're not even looking at the shoes? You're not even, what are you going for? And she said, well, I've just saw your literature on your counter and you're Christians. And I went, ooh, you better run. And she said, um, well, we're going. And I said, hang on a minute. I said, what are you? going on about woman and she said well you're christians you know someone you don't know <coughs> yeah from yeah, first yeah. Time. yeah i speak to all my customers like that in fact the lady walked in the other day and i said what and she went well i don't know <laughs> we, we get it i get it it's, it depends on how you say it not what you say uh, although my wife tried to emulate it one day and she went what do you want and it didn't come out right and the lady went ah <laughs> said, hang on that's not 
language barrier. <laughs> she's Spanish. Um, and I, uh, she's Spanish and, and she's uh, still trying to get a command of the English language, if you like, and she's, uh, her humour's not the same as mine, as road skills. So I said, come back in here, for crying out loud. And so she walked back in and she walked up to me and she looked and I said, uh, who gave you the opinion that Christians are going to attack you like you're some sort of a disease? And she went, the Christians that go walking down the street with the placards saying, you're an abomination unto the Lord and you should be going to hell. And I said, perhaps the next time you, you see those Christians, you might want to go home and make yourself some little charts. And you might want to put down that you're an abomination unto the Lord because you slept with your neighbor's wife. Or you're an abomination, an abomination unto the Lord because you blasphemed the Lord's name. Or um, you're probably going to go to hell uh, because you don't love the Lord Jesus and you steal grapes from Safeway. Or maybe you coveted somebody. Stick a few placards up and walk around and say, hey, you might want to take those around. And she said, what are you getting at? And I said, for all who sinned and come short of the glory of God, lady. I said, your sins are no worse than anyone else's. Yes, there are degrees. And yes, there are degrees of rewards in heaven and all the rest of it. But sin is sin. And I don't care whether you're a grape stealer or a rapist. You've sinned. The law handles each one differently, but in God's eyes, sin is sin. So if they're going to go running around with a placard saying you're going to hell because you're sleeping with a lady, they need to take a long, hard look at themselves because that ain't doing what my Jesus says, which is love is the most important commandment. The Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your neighbor as you so love yourself. So how in the world was she coping with this? Oh, she looked at me, she's going, and I said, come here. And she said, what? And I ran up from behind the counter and she went, what are you going to do? And I said, oh, what are you going to do? And I walked over to her and I put my arms around her and I said, may I? And she went, yes. So I gave her a hug. I thought her girlfriend was going to knock my block off, but yeah, I wasn't trying to change her. But I walked up and I put my arms around her and gave her a hug. And she went, I don't get it. And I said, I'm trying to do what Jesus would do. The Jesus of the Gospels. The, the, not the modern Jesus. The, the Jesus that is in the Bible that I read. Because he went into uh, and, and dined and, uh, and fellowshiped with publicans and sinners. And he was told off about it. But he said, I've come to save the sick, not the well. And I said, and she said, what are you trying to die? I'm sick. No, you're no sicker than anyone else is, okay, lady? I said, um, I don't agree with what you do, biblically, okay? But that doesn't mean I don't like you. And it doesn't mean I can't have a cup of coffee with you. And it doesn't mean I can't embrace you, okay? Jesus is the one that will do the judging in the end. What you need to know is that Jesus loves you and he died for you the same as he died for everybody else. And that's my job. She comes in the shop all the time now. They get their shoes fixed. You know, I've had probably three or four couples come into the shop like that. And single people. Yeah. Guys walking with their elbow saying, hi, hi. We've got a guy walking up and down past the shop who's a, trans, a cross-dressing guy. He wears a bra with net, fishnet tops, um, mini skirts with nothing on else on, stilettos down the street, wigs, big crowns, makeup. A vampire thing stuck on his face. The guy, to most people, looks like an absolute wacko. He's not. He's just trying to get people's attention. He's completely gay, totally homosexual, but a beautiful man with a big heart. And my wife loves him. And we talk to him. And people look at us and go, how come those Christians are talking to that wacko? They use stronger language than that. But I, I say, because that's what Jesus would do. And they come to us. And they bring my wife a flower every second day. They know that they've got a place they can come that's safe. They also know that we don't agree with what they do. 
Now, this is a real contrast because when we interviewed you the last time, you talked about your Bible bashing days. Mm. So in your head now, in your headspace, you've moved from one extreme to what people you've, consider you've moved from to being another. One of the guys that holding the placard. Yeah, absolutely, to, absolutely. To, some, to something different. So oh, what, self-righteousness was reigning so supreme. So what had to change inside you? Jesus. Yeah, yeah, that's too broad a statement. Let me quantify, qualify. Too religious. Okay. (laughs) The reason why, what what happened was, and this is what I said to you when I was uh, last speaking to you, I wasn't sure, and I'm still not 100% sure if I was actually saved back then. Because if Jesus came to, to live within me and the Holy Spirit, I allowed the Holy Spirit to take control of my life, there would have been some fruit. Well, I think you were. I think it was just a prodigal son. You were just a classic prodigal son. But perhaps I was. Perhaps I was. But I look back and I did have love, but I didn't really know how to do it. So I think what the answer to your question is, um, I didn't allow Jesus to run my life and control my life then. Too much of Peter was in it and I was legalistic. I believe I got saved. Now, probably 90% believed I got saved. Um, because I didn't have a whirlwind saved ex- a saving experience this time round. I think it was a case of what you said. Prodigal son, 30, 25 years came back. But in those days, I was the boss. I had the Bible. Yeah. I wanted to be, because I wanted to be famous and I wanted to be Mr. Know-it-all and the Mr. Voice of the World, well, I had a platform. I got the Bible and I know what I'm talking about, son, so listen to me. And I ran around trying to beat people up with it. And my grandmother was one of them. I put her into tears. I, my father lifted his fist one day and he was going to punch me because I upset them so much. But you're going to hell! You know? Don't you know that unless you confess your sins and you, you give your life over to Jesus Christ, you're rotting in hell, fire and brimstone. Can't you see this? Don't you see the love of God? And I go, right. You, know, you always a, were a pretty passionate guy. Mate, I used to fly off the handle. My grandmother said, my father was a parson. The Bible is full of hypocrisy and double standards and contradictions. And don't you preach that garbage to me. He was a drunk and a womanizer. And I said, well, you know, you know, Nan, I said, he was an evil Satanist. I said, I'm telling you because I'm a Christian, right, that you need to repent. And she goes, stop it, stop it. I said, just stop it. And before long, I had the whole town running, ping, 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 ping. I was, You're all going to hell. That's not love. That's you, you legalistic. You did many converts back in those days. Oh, no, I did not. I did, actually, for the other team. I was working for the other team, man. So how have you, how have you found, in your view, walking this line between truth and grace, if you like? So the placards, the day, majoring on the truth. Very easy. How have you found Very that easy. I refer to my scripture prayerfully. The one, if there's any advice that I can ever give anyone out there, if you're praying for something, if you want to study apologetics, if you want to be a preacher, if you just want to get on in life, right, and you're searching for the answers by prayer or by looking in your Bible, ask God to direct you first. Lord, I don't understand your Bible. And believe me, people that have been doing it for 50 or 60 years, I know one guy that made a statement. After 50 years of doing an oral presentation of the Bible uh, in, a, in a commentary, made this statement. I now know less than what I thought I knew when I first started. When you hit the Bible with, with an interest, it's like a triangle of a million ball bearings. You hit the first one and they spread. And it keeps spreading because God's world is inexhaustible. God's word is inexhaustible. So when you have a problem and you go to the Bible, don't think you're going to know it all. But don't think you're going to know anything unless you ask the Holy Spirit because Scripture is spiritually discerned. Okay, now we've got people in our audience because I like to address specifically mm. our audience, mm. okay? I remember last time we, we, we focused on people maybe struggling with addiction and stuff. Mm. Let's assume now we've got people in our audience who have been raised in a church 
and they've been cloned into the kind of stereotypical good mm. person, straight mm. guy. Mm. That they're likely to hold a placard, maybe if someone put yeah, one in yeah, their hands, yeah, but yeah. not because they hate people. They think that's the right thing to do. That's what I thought when I was back there. Yeah, okay. I thought it was the right thing to do. What yeah. do they need to know that they don't know yet? Um, they need to. Um, what, what do they need to know that they don't know yet? Um, okay, uh, whether you were brought up in a Christian home or whether it was like me that walked straight into a, the Christian situation, what you need to know is that um, it, it's the Lord that adds the increase. It's the Lord that has the answers. So you need to get out of... You'll know if you're walking a path, a, a legalistic path or a, a social Christian that, that goes through... Religious the, sort of thing. Whatever. If you're walking a path, you know, and you truly... Jesus knows your heart. If you really want to know Jesus, if you really want to know what, what's right, if you're really getting convicted, then then go and, and ask somebody. Go read the Bible. Start, start reading in the book of John. Um, you might want to go to a church and find somebody that you can trust and ask them what's wrong. Find out basically what Jesus says. And this is the thing, you know, it's all what I say. Like with a traditionalist, it's what your parents said. It's what this bloke said. It's what I want to know. Find out what God wants. Find out what Jesus, um, what Jesus wants. And I think that's the difference. When I was a legalistic Bible basher, I wanted people to know what Peter thought, right? Because um, Peter was so clever and Peter had figured it out. Yeah. Peter had the word yeah. to save their lives. Yeah. And, and the person you were just talking about might be Jack, for example. So Jack's got, if there's any Jacks out there with legalistic parents, please excuse me, I said that. <laughs> but if, you, if Jack, if you, if you were brought up this way and that way, and you know, if you really are searching for the Lord, if you care about Christianity, then the Lord will find you. The Lord will dig it out. The Lord will show you. But you need to go to, the, to his word. You need to ask him, Lord, am I doing something wrong? Ask him. And when you stop functioning on what your parents told you you should do, or what the worldly you tells you you should do. And I do. I met a few today. I met one in particular down there today. He thinks he's going to heaven because uh, he's up with it. Man, I'm down with it. I'm cool. Armageddon's coming and all those people out there are going to be really sorry. And I said, be, you know, the Lord Jesus Christ is not just somebody that you can put on your bracelet and carry him around. You need to be born again. So basically went through the process of the gospel. Yeah, I'm down. I know he's not down. I've talked to him before many, many times, right? But he's completely convinced that it's all... If you dance around this thing and if you're not really serious, well, then you're not going to find out, right? But the minute you actually notice or detect there's something a little bit inconsistent about your walk uh, or you, you need more or you're searching for more or maybe my prayers aren't being... A, ask yourself the question, is this me or am I actually looking to see what Jesus would do? So mm. is that an answer that... Is, yeah, I think if, if I can tease out what you're saying... I think that, sadly, a lot of churches create a certain sort of self-righteous mindset in the attendees. Stimulating the, right the flesh. Place, you believe the right yeah. things. You listen to our messages. You say amen at the end. You shake mm. the pastor's hand. You're in the in crowd. You pay your money. Yeah, you pay your money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so, so that, <clears throat> that gives you the big tick. And with that comes a certain uh, self-assurance, a certain arrogance, a certain I'm, I'm with the right group. We go to the right church. Yeah. We believe yeah. the right things. <laughs> My pastor's interpretation of that scripture is better than the other people's. And it becomes very, whereas you're suggesting a Christianity where it's not about us. It's really about the Lord. Lord, who are you? What are you doing in my life? Take full control. What's your answer to this situation? Not my pre-learned answers, my pre-learned definitions, mm. but a real walk with the Lord. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it is. And you know what? I think I can summarize what you're saying. There's an actual Bible track. Hey, I'm trying to summarize what you're saying. And I'm summarizing what you're saying. So we're summarizing what a summary is, a summary. Can you summarize what we both said in a minute? There, there's a, I'm summarizing what we both say. Good. Okay. There's a Bible track by, uh, I can't remember who wrote it now. It could be Josh McDowell saying, religious but not right. 
It's right. a great tract. If you can get a hold of some, they're hard to get. Uh, the essence of what I read in that was that regardless of where you are in your life, regardless of what denomination you are involved in, the best thing to do is to, from my perspective, if somebody comes up like that to me, are you asking me what they should do or what I would do if I was confronted with them? No, whatever. I'm just trying to get help to the people who listen. Okay. Whatever, so if there's anybody out there that's got a, that, that, that thinks that they're right and, and perhaps there's something nudging you saying you're not, it's easier to find out. I, what I would do with somebody like that is what I tried to do with that person this morning is take them through the gospel, find out if you're actually born again. If you're not, if you haven't repented of your sins and asked Jesus, accepted his sacrifice on the cross and asked him into your life as your Lord and Saviour, you're never going to know until um, somebody comes along and hits you like uh, with a bag of wheat. You know, you're going to keep going around. The devil loves that kind of uh, lukewarm nothingness. Mm-hmm. Jesus hates it. He said he'll spew you out of his mouth. Right. He wants you one way or the other. You know, sitting on the fence is no good. So if you're a person that thinks you're right, Test yourself. Go to the scriptures. Open the book of John. Read chapter 3. That's a really good starting point. Read what Jesus said to Nicodemus. Okay, He thought he was right. What, what my suggestion would be to you people uh, that, that are not fulfilled in your Christian walk is that perhaps you don't have one. Maybe. But test yourself. The Bible says we're supposed to test uh, you know, ourselves and test the spirits and find out. If you are saved, you really need to find that out because you can walk around wandering for the rest of your life going, I'm a Christian because my dad said so. And you know what? Jesus said, not many will come to me in the end and say, Lord, Lord. What's, how does that verse go? I can't. Yes, some will say, Lord, Lord, but I'll say, never knew you. But I'll say, we cast out spirits, we healed in your name. Yeah, and he'll say, go away from me, I never knew. Now, what does that mean? It means you're trying on your own steam, man. Jesus, God isn't interested in you uh, and what you've got to say until you're interested in his son and what he had to say, you know? And and so basically, it's a, it's a very, what you asked me a very challenging question, and I guess you can look at it from two perspectives. One is what would they do? One is how would I treat them? My only answer I can give is that if I meet somebody that's religious but not right, um, I usually take them through a very basic gospel presentation because the Lord adds the increase. As soon as a person is convicted, you know the Lord opens their heart, He draws them into me, He draws them to you, draws them to people. We plant the seed, and you can see straight away if they're hungry and they're taking it. And then you can deliver the gospel to them and all of a sudden, uh, oh, you know. So, yeah, I think Jesus is the heart of the matter. And if he's not in the heart, then what you're doing... So matter. some people may well have gotten into a church situation and in a sense bought into the club rather than the relationship absolutely. with Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the, 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 the primary thing, and there are so many of them, do you know, that are, in even in this little town, I would even venture to say 80% of the Christians in this town are completely confused with what the gospel is, you know. And I think that's the devil's greatest mm. ploy is to completely confuse people. I think it's the rituals. Yeah, if you go yeah. to church at yeah. Christmas and Easter and yeah. you, know, yeah. you wear a cross around your neck mm. and, yeah. and you don't do any really, really bad sins, you don't murder somebody, you don't, uh, don't steal the avocados rather than stealing the grapes from the supermarket. Mm. Then we compare in danger of comparing ourselves to others and think because we're better than that guy, we'll be okay. All comes back to but self. Unfortunately, that's not the measure. No, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, to measure yourself against Christ. And there's um, a guy that rang me up the other day. He's been coming around, coming around, coming around, wanting to me to go to his farm and talk to him. And he's a very unusual person. Um, uh, a lovely guy, but a very unusual person. He came around to me. He rang me up the other day and he said, "Peter, I want, I want, I want to start a prayer group up with you." And I said, "Okay, Jerry, um, that'll be nice, uh, um, but I don't really have the time at the moment. But I, we've got to do it. We've got to get six or seven couples, and we've got to pray the rosary." 
And I said, okay, what I need to do, but because Jesus is coming soon, we've got to pray to the rosary, we've got to pray to Mary, and we go, And I said, okay, man, look, you know what? Now what we've done here, guys, is we've actually confronted a situation where we've got both of them together. This guy believes that Jesus Christ died for his sins, and this guy believes that Jesus is coming back soon, and he's going to spend his eternity in heaven, but he has to pray the rosary, and he has to pray to Mary, and he has to go through and take the communion of the Catholic Church. So there's and a mixture going Absolutely. So how do you deal with that? So how I dealt with it was I said, you know what, Jerry? I am going to meet with you for, the, for a cup of coffee and talk. But I want you and Viv to come in. We're going to talk about this. I said, I am going to come and meet with you on my own. And we're going to talk about what I believe. And he said, why? I said, because, and he said, you don't believe in the rosary, do you? And I said, no, I don't. I said, however, I'll tell you what I do believe in. And what you are saying that's right, I'm very enthusiastic about. So let's talk about that. And I know we'll have a talk. But, but, and, he, and he's all hyped up. So he's mixed up. Um, so what it comes down to is I need to get to a place where I can sit down with that guy and very calmly go through the gospel with him. Once he's heard the gospel and the seed's sown, and then maybe I have an, an opportunity to pick that fruit, maybe somebody else will later on. But once the seed's sown, I've done my job. And then the most important thing is to pray for that person. Mm-hmm. So if there's anyone out there that's living a legalistic life or a Christian life that's, uh, that's just Christian in inverted commas because your parents said so, search, find out. Do you realize that you're actually a sinner? Do you realize that you've lived a life of sin? Because in Romans 3.23, it tells us, for all I've sinned and come short of the glory of God. Do you realize that you are not going to spend eternity in heaven with Jesus Christ unless you accepted the sacrifice he paid on the cross? And that is the difference between religion and Christianity. You need to come to him repentant. And if you've done that, if you haven't done that, well, then you need to ask yourself, am I really a Christian? No, you're not. That rings alarm bells. Sorry if I've upset anybody out there, but that's what I'm paid to do. No, <laughs> well, Peter, right. yeah, thank you. We're out much. of time. Mm. Peter, can yes. we ask you to sing a couple of bars of your favourite song right live? Can we put you on the spot to do that? Uh, K-San uh, by um, Cole Chisel. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, I don't know. You've put me on the spot, haven't you? Yeah, I have. Video mare quando bello, spiritando sentimente, come tu chi tieni a mente, casce dato fai su no. Guarda gua che sto ciardino, siente si esti sciuri arance, No profumo a cose fino, d'into core se ne va. E tu dice parto a Dio, ta lontane da sto core, da sta terra dell'amore. Tieni o corre non torna. Manu me la sa, non dar tu tormento, torna soliento, fame che You're going to have to cut all that out now and slice the bits off the top. <laughs> wow. Okay. Thanks, Peter. This Thank has been you. Real Talk for Real Men. Come into the website www.realmen247.org and we'll see you next week. Next time. Bye bye. Santa Logia. Santa Logia. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to the Real Talk for Real Men podcast at www.realmen247.org.